Good afternoon. It is October 2nd, 2023. You're listening to a little column A, little column B, hosted by Will Levinos and co-hosted by Zach Bishop. How are you doing today, buddy? What is going on, Will? I heard it was football season, but boy, does it feel like basketball season. Two blockbuster trades since we've done the last podcast. Oh, boy. We are in the thick of it. It, it's an incredible time of year. I, I, what are we, a week out from actual f- basketball stuff starting? I mean, we already have stories of Harden not showing up to media day and, and all that. I, I, I heard the rumor that this was a possibility, and I just assumed it was the Celtics fans coping with what was supposed to be the big news of the week was Damian Lillard being traded to Milwaukee. Not that that isn't relevant news, but it's more of the aftermath as Celtics fans that the trade just continued to go on as the Blazers – made it part two of the deal where they were able to get rid of Damian Lillard for DeAndre Ayton, Tumari Kamara, a 2020, a 2029 first round pick for Milwaukee, two first round swaps and drew holiday. They were then able to attend drew holiday to the Celtics and received Malcolm Brogdon, Robert Williams, a 2024 first from golden state, a 2029 unprotected first pick and, and, and managed to kind of get two deals out of the one here. Miami seems like the big loser of it all. Everyone's kind of talking about how Dame requested that he wanted to go there and that they inevitably felt like they would eventually be the winner and that no one else could really come up with another offer. But here we have some creativity in all this, and the Suns get involved. They end up with Grayson Allen, Keon Johnson, Nasir Little, and Yusuf Nurkic, a little combination of some guys from Milwaukee and Portland. But I'm a little confused on why the Phoenix Suns got involved in all that, but I suppose we should just start with the big deal of it all, and that is Milwaukee landing Damian Lillard. I, I mean, what, what Giannis, Giannis threatened him a little bit like a couple weeks ago, and we all kind of were like, yeah, no, that's what he's supposed to say. This is what the team's supposed to do. I did not expect them to do a deal like this. I don't think anyone was certainly disappointed with Drew Holiday, but there's absolutely upside for Damian Lillard. I mean, what, what are you most excited about or most fearful of as a Celtics fan now that Damian Lillard and Giannis are on the same team? It, Shocking, shocking trade where it was always, it's Miami. He's demanding to go to Miami. His agent said he won't play anywhere else. If you trade him anywhere else, he will sit out and he won't do it. So when the, the news came out that he was going to be teaming up with, with Giannis and what they, they gave up, it, uh, I was in the middle of the day, just like, you, you got to be kidding me. We have this Celtics team that has been young, we overachieved, and now we're getting to, hey, we got the guys in their prime, and we're really going to start running into money issues in the next couple of years. And I think that the ownership will pay the luxury tax, but only to a certain amount because it just gets crazy very quickly. And it always, you know, yeah, Bill Simmons and other, uh, you know, podcast guys always talk about, you know, NBA guys that, the window is always shorter than you think it is. It's always shorter. You think, oh, this is going to last forever. And this was going to be, we we blew it in the finals two years ago. Then we tripped all over ourselves against Miami. Last year, we had the injury uh, misfortune with Tatum in game seven. And then this year was going to be, oh, now Milwaukee takes the big swing and we are not going to be able to compete with them because all the problems that, or maybe I should say all the problems, a lot of the Bucks' problems were down the stretch. You can't just give Giannis the ball and tell everybody to clear out. You can absolutely do that with Dame. Not just during the regular season, in the playoffs. He has one of what, I'm not sure if I can think of another current player that has a better playoff game-winning record than, than Dame. Is there anyone that you would immediately put ahead of him? 
Mm, it's hard to analyze Dame because he has these memorable, kind of unforgettable moments. But if you really want to go back and look at it, he hasn't. One, those that was a long time ago. That wasn't that. That wasn't soon. Like that was that was a, that was a long time ago. And how far? How critical were the games? These weren't finals games. You know, the they teams. Were- they were both series-winning winning buzzer beaters. A, a series that you could argue they probably shouldn't have won and did win, so I, I give him credit in that. I I, I guess, I, look, this is by far the best defensive players that he's played with. This is by far the best bigs that he's played with. Giannis, Brooke, and Bobby Portis are probably the three best centers he's played with in his entire career. I, I, maybe, I mean, Aldridge, you want to throw him in there as a center. I don't think he's nearly the guy that pairs with Dame like these guys will. I, I think this also really helps Chris Middleton, who was forced into this second option and then maybe a little bit of a third option, depending on how you felt about Drew Holiday's role in the offense. This is perfect for him. He gets another ball handler. He's able to be a third wheel, and I think he'll fit into that role and is qualified to fit in that role rather than constantly being like, hey, man, you got to take a leap. you got to be even better when I think he's been pretty good the past couple of years. This is a huge relief for him offensively, having Dame out there. And as you said, at the end of the game, this, this is going to keep Giannis happy. That pick and roll with Giannis and Dame is going to be interesting. I, 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 I think that defensively missing, losing Drew Holiday and then adding him to the Celtics is, is certainly not a fear I think they had when they made the deal. If you're Milwaukee now, knowing what happened after, if you could see the future and know that Drew Holiday had a possibility of joining the Celtics if you traded him, do you think they would have maybe been better off just not doing this deal? I mean, I, you should be ecstatic to have Dame. Dame's an excellent player, but to say we're going to lose Drew and that he's not going to go to Portland, but he's going to go to Boston. Do you think there should be some backpedaling at all? I think you got Dame. That was the main, the main prize. And you, you're not sure what's going to happen afterwards, but it's like when you, when you, you just, you're playing a board game and you, you make a big move and then you maybe didn't quite look at all the little trickles down, but I, I, I see what you're saying, but Celtics were always going to be a concern for them. And I think it's just going to be much more of a uh, whose depth holds up better. But I don't think, say they were able to see the future, I don't think that they would have said, no, we won't do the trade. Well, well, I guess we can move on to Boston, who is certainly a winner in all of this. I, I don't think we had much of an opportunity at Damian Lillard. I don't think we had enough to offer. I'm not saying that Drew Holiday is like significantly a step lower than all that, but I think it was an affordability in the price and in the contract with the expiring and all of that. That this was an excellent opportunity for us, where we were basically able to give up just Robert Williams, who excellent center under an excellent contract. But you know, if I were to read off the games that he's played over all of his career, it's like twenty three games, twenty nine games, fifty five games, and twenty eight games. Like it's there's not one full season. Not to mention how many playoffs has he missed. So even in the seasons that he did play, it just seems like that reliability wasn't there. Obviously, in a vacuum. He's perfect. He's exactly what this team needed. I don't, it's kind of a shame that we never got to see it. It is a little interesting on the flip side to see Aiton and Williams go to to the Portland Trailblazers. And you know, I, I said they weren't going to do a deal until they were able to get a big that was worth playing with Scoot. They got two of them. They're very diverse, and I don't think they complement each other at all. But if you wanted to see what Scoot looked like with a big that can kind of have a little spot-up shot and a big with that's going to be throwing alley-oops to, I, I think you have those options now. And that's kind of a win for them. The bigs for Boston now are very slim, and I can hear the worry in your voice already. I think this is the main concern of everyone, that we are all in on Al Horford and Kristaps Porzingis essentially being our only bigs. 
You know, you want to throw Luke Cornett in there. I know he's on the roster. I don't think anyone's writing his name down on the whiteboard uh, the day before. No, no, no opponent's very fearful of him. Are you concerned that maybe we're getting a little thin over there without without Williams? But you know, if he doesn't play anyways, what's the difference? I think that was the the, the whole idea of trading Marcus Smart for Porzingis was, hey, we need to shore up the 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 front court and the back court. It's like we got Derek White. We can just move him right in. He could be the starter, and we'll go from there. And this almost it almost like reverses it. Now it's just we've, we've we've changed Marcus Smart into Drew, and we've trade we've we've turned Robert Williams into Porzingis, and now we don't have Malcolm Brogdon. So, I I, I was saying before it's going to be a depth issue between the two teams. Brooke is not the youngest guy either. Is this just going to be a matter of whether Brooke or Al just hold up the longest? Well, which one would you rather have for this season? This upcoming season, I I got I got to stick with my guy Al. Al Al can still get it done on defense. It's just he gets a little bit older every time. I mean, Brooks had his injury uh, concerns not not too long ago, so I mean, I'm just gonna stick with what I know. But that's just that's just being a Celtics fan. That is not really good good analysis. All right, let's just run down some like quick quick just Patriot or Patriot Celtic questions here. It's Pey- it's Peyton Pritchard time now, right? Like this is this is the opportunity. This is the window. This is the draft pick that we've had, the asset we've refused to get rid of, that we've seen glimpses of, and it hasn't always looked great. But he's never really truly gotten an opportunity. Th- this is it now, right? Like there's there's no there's no way he's not somewhat in this rotation, and we don't at least get to have somewhat an op- actual opinion on him. This is it, right? It has to be. It has to be. Uh, it's actually since. Brad Stevens took over as uh, the GM, you know, left, left the coaching role that offseason. It's just Pritchard, Jalen, and Tatum. Those are the only three that are still remaining from that initial team that Brad got. And you would have thought that he would have had to have moved Pritchard at some point. My concern is, like I'm like saying, with this, this depth issue, first six, real strong, but then after that, but... By the time you get to the playoffs, you don't really go that much deeper. But I, I think, like a lot of other guys, Peyton is is, is, is small. He is going to get just annihilated in the playoffs. The same way you can't have Luke Cornett out on the court in the playoffs for long stretches. So in the regular season, I think those guys are going to play. But I think we're going to need some answers in the meantime. Now, we do still have plenty of second-round picks. I think we have some other first-round picks we can mess around with. The one that we gave for uh, Drew wasn't until 2029. Uh, I think we have one coming up. Maybe is the I think the next year one is the one for for Derek White. So we still, you know, we we don't have all of our picks, but I think we still might have some more that we might be able to during the season. Maybe we'll just see how things work out. See who gets injured. See who stays healthy. But you are absolutely right that this is going to be a Peyton has got to has got to step up. All right, two more two more guard questions to play around with here. I think. I, I think this is the best point guard that Tatum and Brown have played with, and, it, and I don't even think it's close. I think this is by far the best guard that they've played with. Is it, any argument to that at all? Like we've never had a true point guard uh, on this team. I I would say I think Kyrie Irving is a better point guard. I think this might be a better fit for Tatum and Brown, especially at this point of their career, where these are the guys. And uh, I, I think that Drew is better than Smart, but it's not really a, like a much of a step down on on defense. But I. 
think it might be better off where he he her smart was just kind of a little bit hey this is my team i've been here longer like all right i'm tired of watching you guys do it i'm gonna do some things where drew is coming in and it might just just the relationship might be better i mean it might take a little while to get the chemistry but these guys are going to respect drew because drew has won a championship that's what these guys want to do and he's going to come in knowing hey this is these guys' team these guys are the max players we, we got to work together it'll, it'll be interesting to see how the backcourt shuts down everyone in the league when you're gonna have Derek white and drew holiday chasing somebody around I, I know that we don't necessarily have the right guy to address guarding you know Giannis, Jokic, or Embiid but you know, every team has that problem, all right? Nobody's got a perfect big for any of those scenarios unless you are one of those bigs. So just to kind of say, well, nobody's going to be able to dominate that situ- that position without having one of those guys. But there's a lot of guys that we can. We've managed to put together a really good defensive team that's going to be able to switch like crazy, like which is what we've I don't done think. And I, but I don't th- also I don't think Rob was that guy anyway. You know, I think Rob was great on defense, but he was a specific role and bouncy kind of a kind of a rover. But I don't think he, it, we were giving up, you, you know, the Giannis stopper or you know, Embiid stopper. I, I think he definitely helped, but I think Al is more the, the you know the point of attack on that. Then then it's that is totally worth it, right? Like I don't I don't have any buyers remorse on this deal at all. I think this is exactly kind of the deal we we should have been making because. There's a point within the next two years where Tatum and Brown, I know they're currently signed on the Supermax, but it hasn't kicked in for the actual money. Jalen's will kick in next year. Tatum's will kick in the year after that. And then, Tatum will have to sign one the year after that. And then and then that's it, though. We have that, That's all the cap space. We're never going to be able to afford Drew Holiday again. We're never going to be able to afford Derek nope. White again. Like this is, this is it. We have the next two years to do it, so I am all in. This is great, but, I mean, if one of these guys gets hurt, like who's – Who's the one guy that, like, there's a possibility every one of these guys could get hurt, and we have no depth beyond all of this. We're going to be finding out a lot from Walsh, Jordan Walsh, the, the rookie this year. We're going to be finding out from Peyton Pritchard. We're going to be finding out a lot from Joe Missoula because there will be nights where whether somebody's injured, somebody's resting, or we just have a weird matchup. I, do you think there's ever going to be a scenario where maybe we go with two bigs, like Kristaps and Al Horford, and have to put someone else on the bench? And if we do do that, Who's it going to be? I could see them them playing at the same time. That is one of the things that changes this whole getting rid of uh, Rob Williams. All six of our guys are all uh, above average to just elite three-point shooters. So that's something we lost with, with Brogdon, but that we're adding with Porzingis and subtracting with, with, with Rob is, uh, yes, you have two bigs, but they're not traditional bigs. Both, I'd, I'd be fine with uh, Porzingis and Al on the perimeter, and you have Tatum or Brown. Hey, all right, go 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 to work. <laughs> There's nobody at the rim for protection because if someone goes in there, you're just gonna toss it out to Al, and Al's gonna hit the three. He uh, he struggled in the in, in the playoffs, but I think that has way more to do with small sample size. He, he like led the league in you know three point percentage during during the season. So yeah, there was a little bit of a dip, but I, I'm not gonna take that as that is the the, the guy. And maybe during the season was a little inflated, but it's not like he's going to be terrible all of a sudden. So I think that is just going to open up all sorts of possibilities. And that's the way that Missoula likes to run his offense. It's a lot of three-pointers. And if you have guys that can do it, I think it just helps. And it's going to really be a spacing issue for the other teams. I think we have five guys, six guys that are reasonable at ball handling as well. We're not just on an island with a guy who can't dribble or is going to turn the ball over because he doesn't have that 
that capability. I think every one of these guys can be a threat. I think Derek White is going to shock everybody of how much he'll be a threat when that ball gets swung to him. And and there's just so much spacing that he has a wide open lane and just makes smart basketball decisions. I, I'm very excited for this team. I think the Dame deal is excellent for Milwaukee, and that's what you should be doing to, again, try to keep Giannis. I don't need to be hearing any rumors at all that he's thinking of any other decision other than staying in Milwaukee. So I, I think that works out well for them. I, I wish they'd... I guess if you're the Celtics that even though the Dame is a great move, if you were to counter to make a move of how to slow down Damian Lillard, like this is it, right? Like these are these are the deals. Like this is you get this, you get that, and, and you get Derek White, you get Drew Holiday to slow down Damian Lillard. So I think it's an excellent counter for all that. Uh, anything, anything else for the Boston Celtics? Anything else you wanted to get uh, into here? Uh, just th- there's definitely a surprising trade that came out right before football was going to start, and just. Was not expecting it. Uh, we had chatted a little bit, and it was kind of – it wasn't even rumored. It was just more, hey, should the Celtics go do this? And I listened to some of the Celtics podcasts, and it's just – I didn't think we'd give up Rob. And always initially when you – any of these trades, it's always uh, – I don't like it because you're, you're trading away your guys. But I think after kind of sitting on it for a little bit, and especially with the picks, you were real uh, clear on that for the for the Derek White deal, saying – hey, we're not a rebuilding team anymore. We are a right-now team. And when you're a right-now team, picks do not matter. Like, what are we going to do with the Golden State Warriors pick next year? Nothing. What are we going to do with our pick? You know, hopefully we're still good in 2029. That That's not a very good pick. So this is what you do, is you go all in, and the Celtics are doing it. Sign Jalen to the max. We this train is going a hundred miles an hour and it's either going for a championship or it is going to be a disaster that goes off the rails. But I really hope that it is just all works out. Everybody stays healthy and we just have a, a super fun year. I, I don't even want to, I'm not ready. We're, this is going to happen throughout the year. Every game we lose the conversation is going to come up with. So what are you going to do next year? And when it's like, wait a minute, we have to resign drew and Kristaps already has the extension. And then Tatum's thing kicks in. And then, I think White's got something coming up as well. And it's like, wait a minute. We only have six guys, but we have no money. Like, how how did we end up in this situation? It's right now all in. Forget the big picture. I don't want to hear those questions. Don't remind me until the season's over. And hopefully when it's over, it's like, well, we got a ring. So it's either worth resigning it and run it back. Or, you know what? Everyone here did their part. And if they want to go elsewhere or if we're able to move on with a signing trade elsewhere, so be it. I do think there's a scenario, though, where I, I see Drew – fitting in with this team long term I, I think the point guard situation has been such a up and down and we've tested so many variety of guys between Kyrie and you know Isaiah Thomas and, and uh, you know I guess even Brogdon recently as well in all of this but I don't know if we've really found the perfect guy with them and I, I, I think Smart did his best to be the defensive kind of badass playmaking guy and, and when it worked it, it was great and I think Drew Holiday's just naturally better at all the stuff that we were hoping Marcus could do so rather than him have to alter you know, the way he plays, this is just an easy fit. I think the pieces fit well in Boston. Like, the, they just, they make a lot more sense than if we were going to, like, we're going to talk about Phoenix later. I don't know. Like, yeah, sure, those are great players, but that's kind of like the Miami Heat big three where it was like, all right, so you just have Dwight and or you just have uh, Dwayne and LeBron and you're just better. That's, that's cool. But did they actually fit together? And it's like, it doesn't matter. They're just better. I'd rather have the pieces like we have, similar to the Boston Celtics of 08, where the pieces just fit. You have a point guard and a shooter in Ray. You get like a, a shooting forward and Paul who could score it is 
fits a, pers- a perfect defensive spot for where he needs to be, as well as Garnett not getting in the way of either of those. So, like, that that just works out well. I think the pieces we have still fit well together, right? Like, that's I think that's way better of a feel than Booker, KD, and Beal, where you just have a lot of the same thing and a lot of it, and it's just overkill. One of the things I like, too, is this happened the weekend before media day. So would it be have been nice to have the team together more in the offseason? Sure. But, I mean, how much are NBA guys really doing in the offseason together with their actual team? You're working out with the guys you want to work out with. So we still are going to have the full preseason. This isn't midway through the year where we have to shift gears. It's been known for a while that Porzingis has been on the team. So, you know, the coaches all, all, all are aware. I think Drew just fits in real nicely, just like you said. So, yeah, we, we have preseason games, uh, like, in the next few days. <laughs> it, it, it's all happening. Uh, media day w- w- was today. Uh, you had mentioned uh, Giannis. He said he's not signing an extension yet. It, it's just because the money doesn't make sense for him to do it right now. So he's just going to wait on it. But there's nothing uh, about wanting to leave. It's like, no, the, you know, the Bucks are, are, are serious. Uh, and just... It's just fun. I mean, football is awesome, but it's kind of contained to the weekend. And then when basketball comes out and stuff today, and I, I mean, it, it's all a lot of fluff, but it's still cool to see the guys in, in the uniforms. You see, see Dame in a in a Bucks uniform and just, oh, okay, that that's weird. And you know, some of them hurt more than others. Seeing Marcus Smart in a Memphis Grizzlies uniform, but knowing all right, he's you know he, he's somewhere else. But was was there any news that you came across today that that you found interesting? I, I still think what the Phoenix Suns did by getting involved and essentially making this deal possible is, is a really, really weird move for, like, an all-in team to do because they basically saved money in all of this and, and got worse. But, like, I, you said Nurkic is not a good center. Like, he wasn't good enough to play with Dame. You think he's going to be good enough to play with three guys who aren't nearly, like, known for defense either, in KD, Booker, and Beal. The bigs that they have right now are Bull Bull, Drew Eubanks and Yusuf Nurkic I just I know Aiton wasn't happy and I know it wasn't working and that they they they, they it wasn't what they they'd hoped when they drafted him I understand the disappointment and all that but I think he's better than what you got here and I don't know why you felt like we needed Grayson Allen to play over what Booker KD or Beal like why why would you why would you want to add that I don't I don't understand the depth that you really gain out of all that you know Nasir Little sure I mean these are these guys are fine I, I just yeah. They're the rotation guys. They needed rotation guys. You mentioned the bigs that they had, and I think they had to turn some somebody that was a little bit bigger. Obviously, the you know you just brought in Beal. They're not getting rid of Booker or KD, and I think it yeah it just did not seem to be working with Aiton. It seemed like for and I think it was you know those big three said whatever you got to do get this guy out of here. You know we we need depth and. I, I would say out of all of the teams involved in this deal, they would be the lowest, but I don't think it's far and away. I wouldn't say, oh, terrible, terrible deal. It's like the Aiton thing wasn't working. He was making a ton of money. Let's get some flexibility in here. You know, you can move these guys later on. You, you can figure something out. But I, I don't think it's the it, it, – Nurkic, yeah, he's not not the best on defense uh, you know, by, by any stretch. But I think this team isn't really looking to play a lot of defense. I think they're just looking to just – absolutely go nuclear on teams on the offensive end they're gonna have to because I, I still ask the question is like do you have somebody that you can throw at Jokic, Giannis, or Embiid and I know Giannis and Embiid are in the east but more likely is if they want to have any shot at winning it this year it's going to go through Denver who won last year and to me this just seemed like 
not that Aiton was, you know, shutting down Jokic or anything, but you know, Nurkic, <laughs> you, you're, I'm, I'm going to be shocked. It's going to have to be Kevin Durant himself to guard him because I have no idea how this team feels like that they are better equipped to face Denver or even the Lakers in an ugly scenario with with Anthony Davis there. Davis is going to cook this team. Like all the bigs are going to cook this team, and and maybe it just doesn't matter if the offense is enough. But you know how it happens in the playoffs. Like, you know, you slow it down a little bit, and the game game gets a little tight. And then I I just I I feel like they didn't have to make the move, and they made the move, and they probably could have got something else for it. But it, all in all, if you're the Blazers, you got the bigs. You got Aiton. You got Williams. You got two pick swaps. You got three first round picks. You got Brogdon, which is still a piece you can move. All of these going along with Scoot Henderson, Anthony Simons, and for whatever reason, the Supermax Jeremy Grant contract. It's, <laughs> like, like, how does that, does that, is that the only thing, like, how does that fit into all of this? Like, nobody's regretting that, that they started this whole offseason by saying, no, 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 Jeremy Grant, we're going to give you as much money as possible. Don't even bother talking to anyone else. We got you. And then they go and rebuild the entire team. I, I just, if that was going to be your first step, I don't know if they'd. Mate, like if you knew these moves were coming, do you think that that they they regret doing that? The Jeremy Grant signing. You you have to pay somebody. <laughs> like there's literally a floor. You have to spend to a certain level. If you have a bunch of rookies and young guys, you're just not able to pay them any more money. So I think that that was a little part of it, and must be a good locker room guy and said, "Hey, we'll we'll, we'll take care of you." Well, the other news that I saw today was uh, James Harden uh, is not a professional, or or is signed to a professional contract but it did not show up for his media today and does not uh, appear to be interested in showing up at all and and part of me is wondering if this is almost better because you know what 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 kind of distraction is he going to be by showing up there i know it's a distraction by not showing up but like if, if he did show up though do you think this is going to be beneficial at all like i have almost feel like this is just better and we'll just keep putting the pressure on to him finally having to show up to get some money or or just not getting the money and being stuck there and then his career is truly over because it's it just seems like it's going down that road where he either wants to torch this whole career or he's going to not come back at all. And I don't know which one is worse. Like it's, I don't know how he gets out of this. How does he, he can't get out of the scenario without coming back. Right? Like this seems ridiculous to not show up or to not have any interest in actually playing this season. They're not going to be able to trade you if you don't play. I, th- I think they'd still be able to trade him. He, he's not some, new guy that nobody knows about everybody knows exactly what it is and some team i think he's just going to talk themselves into well this time it'll be different we'll be able to take care of him here it'll be fine once he comes here i don't know where that place is but i think someone will talk themselves into it can we can we just send him i don't know i I don't know where to send him but i just want the celtics to continue to capitalize off of whatever other trades happen like wait a minute you would never give him a like the, like, the Milwaukee would never give Drew to Boston, right? Like, that would never happen. Like, if they saw this third part of the deal, they'd be like, hey, wait a minute, where's he end up? No, 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 let's, hold on. Let's let's do that again. It's, it, I can't believe we were able to pull this off in that, you know, I, I mentioned Miami being a bigger loser. Is, is, there, is there an actual story here to mention, or is it just like, well, that's what happens? Like, sometimes it just doesn't go your way. Like, what's the, what's the real lesson here? Milwaukee, Miami feels, you know, I think, slighted by everything here. They were in the driver's seat, and I mentioned on the last pod, instead of trying to make a, a serious deal happen and bring in a third team, they decided they were going to send up smoke screens and say, oh, it's Toronto, they're the front they're the front runners. And then they had this whole plan. But then, you know, these other teams in Milwaukee said, all right, if you're going to mess around and do all these smoke screens and not be for real, we're going to be for real. We're going to make a real deal here. And if you look at what Portland got for, for, for Dame, 
Miami wasn't even close to that. You're you're not flipping Tyler Hero for what the Celtics gave for Drew. There's no way. No, 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 you're not. And then you're not getting the big that you wanted and all that. Where I, I like to think between Aiton and Williams, like one of them's going to work out, and that's going to be great for Scoot Henderson. And that's that's what they should have done, and that's what they did do. So like I'm I'm glad that they waited. They did all of this. Is this is this a win for? for the teams in the, in the player empowerment movement, or is this, it's just the way everything kind of always goes. It's just media pushing us back and forth and that it's really always doing what's best for the team, regardless. I think that the players have been able to force the teams to do things. Maybe they didn't, didn't necessarily want to do, but I think Rosillo wrapped it up, uh, you know, the best on, and uh, uh, in, in his, uh, or I don't think he did his show quite yet, but he was on, on Simmons saying, Finally, a team was told, this is what the players said, this is what I demand in July, June, July, and said, you know what, we're just, we're just going to see. There's no need to make a rash decision. There's zero NBA basketball games played between July and October. Games are starting this month, but in between, there's none. So no need to just cave and do this immediately. Just hold off. See what happens, and when the deal makes sense for you, that's when you pull the trigger. And that's what I think Portland did. And I, I think other teams have been in different situations where, you know, just on the flip side of this, there are a bunch of basketball games coming up. So the Sixers have to decide what haul are we willing to take for Harden versus this guy's just not playing, and Embiid's getting more and more upset. Well, I mean, do you blame? Like, I don't blame Embiid. Even in the slightest, I think, I think if you were to go back and, and look at all of this, it's like, all right, so they traded Ben Simmons, who who wasn't playing, didn't show up, and didn't want to do this, for James Harden. It was like, all right, immediate win. Harden's playing basketball. There's certainly question marks of whether or not you know he's best for the future or, or what his value will be long term or you know what what his contract's ended up being, and that somehow you ended up in the same situation where you know you now are in contract with a player who doesn't want to play and isn't showing up again. And, and it's just going to be a matter of how long does this go on. Both times, including this time, it is sabotaging the season. It is doing nobody any favors. Embiid just wants to get to work, man. He just wants to prove to everyone that he's the MVP that we voted for last year and to have some actual success with somebody actually willing to play basketball. How, how hard is it going to be to find this guy a teammate who's actually good at basketball, who actually wants to play? That shouldn't be challenging. How is it so challenging? I, I can't believe Dude. <laughs> You're mentioning the the Ben Simmons trade. That was 13 months ago. That was just last year. This wasn't. Oh, this was five years ago. And oh man, Sixers deal. It's literally one year later, and it's again. You have a guy on your team that doesn't want to play for your team. Where Embiid won MVP. Who doesn't want to play with the MVP? That's where some of the other Harden just absolutely quits on the team. It just all right. This ran its course. But for this, you played for one year. Uh, you. You should have been able to close out the Celtics. Just didn't get the job done. Could have had a much more success. Probably they would have had a chance against Miami for sure. All of a sudden you you're in the finals, but I don't know why for this time that it's just nope. I don't want to play there anymore. Besides the weird Mori thing, which seems like it stemmed from Harden wanted to get traded. Which why do you want to get traded? So I don't know, but I can't imagine Embiid's going to want to stay there much longer. And that means starting the process. All over again from the very beginning. I can't believe Embiid's career has gone the way it's gone. 
it just seems tragic to some degree. Like this, like just imagine, imagine we had Tatum, and then and then Brown just to suddenly decided he just wanted to stop playing, and then we traded Brown for Drew Holiday. No, and- no, hold on, no, it, it's not even that. It's oh yeah, you're right. It's that yeah, Brown after a while doesn't want to, but then we get another high draft pick, and he just forgets how to play basketball. Hey, Markel made his way back. All right, the, the problem is the timing thing. Not on the Sixers. I'm not saying it's his fault or anything like that, but just as a Sixers fan, like these are just the ridiculous things you're dealing with. This isn't even mentioning how your 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 owner had burner accounts, and it's just if you go down that list, it is rough. The past decade has just been rough. You you can't even not even the NFL scriptwriters could make it up. It's it's not easy. I say I want to say one last thing that was a huge win, and it wasn't just the trade for the Celtics. It's it's Brad Stevens again. Is just a huge win for the Celtics. He's made another excellent move. You talk about Golden State having all those draft picks, getting Moody and, and Kaminga and all of that. You talk about the Sixers getting Markel Fultz. All of it sounds great for a long-term situation, but the problem with all of those situations and all those those draft picks was this was a win-now team. Those were teams that should have been making moves like Brad Stevens just made for Drew Holiday and Christoph Brzingis. These guys need to play with adults. They don't need to play with anybody who needs to develop. They need to play with guys that are already – here and ready to go because that's where the rest of the team's at. I, I think this is a, a great move for Brad and a huge win for us. If there was any doubt about him maybe being too young for a GM, I mean, he hasn't been doing this for that long, and these are some... No, these it's are, only been, it's been like three years. This is a huge, hasn't been that long at all. Huge move, and I, I don't think we've ever sh- been shy about showing Danny, you know, giving him a whole bunch of credit, and he has certainly won some sweepstakes, even of recent in, in his new destination over there, but... Huge win for Brad. Huge win for Boston. I, I think this is exactly what we should be doing. We're treating it like we have two players for a window right now that no one else can compete with. If we could just go all in with the guys around him, we have a really, really good chance at winning it. So I'm I'm excited for that. Shout out to Brad and the Celtics. I, I just I think this is an un, unfair amount of pressure on Missoula at this point because this is if anything ever goes wrong, that's the first change I think we make. And I hope it works out for him. I really do. I, I think he's got a better staff around him, and it would be nice to get him a win because last year was he'll, not a win. He'll have his staff around him. I'm sure that'll be encouraging. All right, anything else you wanted to talk about for NBA today before we move on to college football and then do our NFL picks? All set for basketball. I am, uh, I'm very excited for, for the season to get going. All right, college, college football happening right now. A busy week. Some exciting weeks. I, I think the the big story, at least that I caught my attention, was USC playing Colorado, which was following last week's debacle of Colorado, where they just got completely shellacked with with not, not even competitive. And and to be honest, the start of this one certainly was almost a replay of that back to back again. But a comeback that was worthy. I think they competed. The, the score certainly represents a closer game than it might have actually been. But all in all, this is a team that competed against what is a number eight USC. That's, I know it's not a moral victory or something that should be celebrated, but if you're asking whether or not this team belongs, that's a sort of result of a team that competed and I think belongs. So that's, that's my college football take, and that's really the only story I got. I'm sure there's all sorts of other highlights. Uh, the only last thing I'll leave you with is that Duke is a football school, and I don't care what you say otherwise, right? This is a football school from here on, right? This is, that's, that's it for my college football. But what, what did you want to talk about today? I, I think there were some other games that happened. Well, I think you're going to have to say that they're going to be a both school because uh, we're not that far away from from college basketball starting. I'm going to make you talk about that this year. Uh, there's uh, 
probably Duke's probably gonna come in as a uh, you know as one one or two. I don't think they'll fall past three in the in the AP poll for basketball coming up, and they only dropped from seventeen to nineteen in that that loss on Saturday. But the the problem is is that the quarterback who's supposed to be going into the draft looking pretty good, uh, Riley Leonard, uh, some sort of injury on the on the last play of the game. So if he's out, they are going to to fall fall in a hurry. But that was that was definitely uh, definitely interesting. First time for college game day to go there. Obviously, with the with the football, they've not had a lot of a lot of football success. But Notre Dame was able to get the win. They almost uh, had a, a two heartbreaking uh, losses in a row. I agree with your your Colorado take that it was not a debacle as it was the week before. But they're no longer going to be on the everybody's talking about them. Got to watch them, which does not mean that their sixth season is a failure. Uh, I think they're still going to be building on it. But just they're no longer going to be the what, what time are they playing? I want to watch them uh, at least for me. I'll keep an eye on it, though. I'll still keep an eye on it. Eh, I'm done. I'm out. You're you're done. But, yep. Coming up, uh, coming up this week, we have some uh, some 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 good games. As the weather gets a, gets a little colder, Notre Dame playing another ranked team. They're playing at Louisville. That's gonna be prime time if you're looking to watch Notre Dame uh, play play again. Oh, we're gonna have Oklahoma at Texas. Both ranked, both undefeated. So that'll be a good one. And then uh, the last one I got on my list here is Kentucky at Georgia. Kentucky is undefeated as well as Georgia, and Kentucky just beat Florida at home. Uh, It's like the first time Kentucky was favored against Kentucky or favored against Florida in in a long time. And uh, this is going to be the first true test for Georgia. Georgia's been playing teams that aren't really that good, and they haven't necessarily on a consistent basis been blowing these teams out. So I think there's been a lot of, I don't know if you want to call them haters or just people that aren't fans of Georgia saying, hey, you're number one in the country, but you haven't really proved it yet. Yep, sure, you're the defending champ, so you, you get to you get to ride that. But at some point, hey, we got to see if you're if you're the real deal this year. So I think this is going to be their, their first test. They are favored by uh, two touchdowns. So we'll we'll see if, you know, how good is Kentucky really? But that'll be a, that'll be a good SEC clash if you're looking for some college football this weekend. Lock it in. There's no way Georgia's losing. I'll get on the bandwagon for a week. Nah, no way. Okay, no way. They're gonna two touchdown favorite. They're at home. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Come on, light work. This is you're you stick to your basketball game over there. It's it's fine. Any uh anything else for college football? That's it for me this week. All right. Well, we'll quickly summarize. (laughs) Look, you talk about the unpredictable college football and the lack of professionalism and the amateurism i constantly critique them on the true amateurism are my nfl picks i mean am i can i at least just get over 500 i mean these were letter grades i don't think you'd be showing your mommy report card any of these weeks you're up by one nate is crushing it again shout out to nate who's actually what is like 96 percentile i think this it's pretty pretty impressive right it's a lot, a lot of weeks left a lot of games right it's not it's, it's a marathon not a, not a sprint but I'm not feeling great about my picks. I, I'm curious to see how you're feeling and if you think uh, this is going to get any better for either of us. Uh, I think it's going to get better. We got some bye weeks coming up, so don't forget this week for fantasy. If you've been a little lax the past couple of weeks, there are going to be some guys that are not playing. And I think maybe a reduced schedule. Maybe that'll be good for us. You know, we can focus on the, on the teams a, a little more closely. All right. First matchup here, I got the Chicago Bears at the Washington Commanders. The Bears are 0-4. And... It's not just an 0-4. It's kind of like, how did you lose the games? And last week specifically, against the Denver Broncos, of which I believe they were up 28-10 to 
to seven or something, maybe even more. I had it was a huge lead, but I mean they couldn't close this game out for the life of them to the point where I was like, is this team trying to lose? I mean, I don't. I could pick apart a whole bunch of things about this between the fields fumble when it was tied, which was really stupid. Is like just hold on to the ball. Like, you didn't have to do that at all. Then then there was the fake fourth down thing that they did where. They went up to act like they were going for it on fourth, called timeout, and then went for it on fourth. What? what who does like? Who's doing? They just go for it on the first time when the team's not ready, not like call timeout, let the team get ready, and then do it. And then also, you would think after the timeout, you would maybe like you know do a little strategy on the play calling, all that. You want to know what they ran? They ran a play right up the middle. Like it wasn't even like we went and thought about it a little bit more. It just. It's, it was predictable, it was weak, and it wasn't clever, and that's everything that this team is. is they're, they're predictable, they're weak, and they're not clever. I, I, have, I have nothing confident to say about them other than they have a good, decent chance to win this week, and I still don't think they're going to do it. Uh, Washington, I think they're sneaky. I think they – you know what the one thing I'm going to say about them is they're scoring points. Week one, they win 16-20. Week two, they win 35-33. Week three, they lose – 37-3. Bit of an outlier. That was Buffalo, all right? That, but this past week, 34-31 in a loss in overtime to the Eagles. That, this is this is a decent commander's team. I think Biennemi's actually doing something for the offense over there. I will take Washington. Who you got? I'm also going with Washington. Uh, Sam Howell didn't look great the, the whole game, but two touchdown drives in the fourth quarter on the road. Uh, Eagles... They're four zero. I don't know if they know if they've gotten just all of their their act together. I think they could even go to to another level. But I, I think the Commanders they actually have something to show. The, the Bears they blew a lead. Not even just they blew a lead. They blew a lead to the Broncos. The Broncos are bad. So yeah, I Thursday night give me the Commanders. Probably going to be ugly. Just just keep it keep it simple. Poor poor Thursday nights. They just this is this is another miss. Like I don't even. Like, don't even stay up to watch this one. I'm sorry. I can't. I, the advertisers that we don't have don't want me to hear hear me say that. But sorry, there's plenty of football on Sundays. All right, there's this Thursday one. This is a rough one, and it's a quick turnaround too. Like, what? Do you, like, like, like Washington can win this game ten nothing. Like, I I really think it could be that easy. And, and it, they'll score more than that. But I I just if you're Chicago, I, I'm sorry. I, last week was the best it could have looked, and it. And it looked good for a window there. They're like, hey, man, maybe we got some. Khalil Herbert, he had a game, 18 carries, 103 yards, touchdown. You know, let's let's do it. Like, he – I actually thought I had a pretty good game. He, he was excellent for me in fantasy. I'm curious to see if he was a hero or not for you. Uh, but more on that you, later. You know you know the good news for the Bears? What? There's only so many games left? No, no. Is that as of right now, they're projected to have the number one and number two pick overall in the draft uh, this upcoming year. Well, I'll tell you what, all that decision-making I just uh, completely <laughs> went critical on, it, it started to make a little bit more sense because <laughs> that's how you lose games, and that's how you get high picks. Moving on, next game. This is uh, another London game, right? I think this is a 9.30 Sunday mm-hmm. start. I'm calling them the London Jaguars at the Buffalo Bills. It's the, <laughs> the, the how the jerseys are going to be, but it'll be London. Uh, <laughs> the London Jaguars, they, they win again in London. I, I don't know whether to be – Impressed by all of this. The only story is I really have written down for the Jaguars was this was the game that was in London last week that they did the Fun Day Football, the Pixar Toy Story re- enactment of, I don't even know what to call it, the mimicking of 
uh, animation animation up but it's it's more than just animation it's like live they're 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 acting as if they're the players and i i thought it was a huge success i thought it looked excellent for sure a little glitchy but i think this is something to build on if you're a kid i just thought there was a lot of cool details put into all this to try to make the game interesting to try to make them understand a game or explain a game in in a language that they should hopefully be familiar with I, I thought the background was cool i thought the characters references were great i thought the slink uh dog being the the chains i don't know if you saw he was the first down chain so it's like the tail end was the the start of the chains and the head was like the end of the chain so they could see him shrink down and, and extend out depending on if it was you know first and five or first and ten or whatever the field goal blocks at the end i i, I loved all this i i thought this was excellent i I do think the one flaw is if you were trying to use this as an education on how to learn to play and watch football in some degree, you can't have guys jumping off sides because of the way it was glitching like that. That I thought was like a critical loss for like, wait a minute, you can't just because it was it would suddenly the line wouldn't line up perfectly. The guys would move a little bit off balance. But I, I think that could be improved on for a first run. I thought this was a massive success. And that's really all I have to say about the London Jaguars. I mean. I'm not picking them this week. Buffalo is going to completely destroy them. I, I got Buffalo on the road, wherever, whatever you want to call. But uh, London's going to lose this week. Who you got? I'm also going to go with the Bills. They're just they're the best. Even the, the the Jaguars, you know, they they played. You know, they, yeah, it, it's a home game for them, kind of. But yeah, I'm gonna stick with with the Bills. The Bills look really good against the Dolphins. Uh, that was a pick that I, I nailed. Uh, you know, you were you were with the with the masses saying, well, look at the dolphins, look how good they are. 70 points against the Broncos. And I was like, ah, I don't know. I think, I think the bills they're, they're going to, you know, take that to heart during, during the seat or during the, during the week. An impressive uh, outing. I, I am not all the way on board as you were with the, with the toy story. Like I said, I don't know. Yeah. Is it animation? I'm not sure if it's augmented reality. I know exactly what you mean that it was supposed to animate the players. So it was some sort of video, but, had its own own broadcast, very heavily, all on the Toy Story, all plugged in. Was definitely a different broadcast, so that was good. It wasn't trying to pretend like it was, you know, doing a real broadcast <laughs> with cartoons. But the execution, oh, it left so much to be desired, especially at the beginning. I, you know, the announcers are just constantly, uh, oh, oh, will you apologize for the technical difficulties? We apologize for the technical difficulties. I mean, there was a good drive where it was showing the announcers and then you mentioned how it had slinky as the first down marker so now i'm trying to look past the announcers past slinky and then in the distance are the players uh i thought they they did fun things i think it was awesome with the kids i've been getting a lot of good feedback there so anecdotally and on the internet saying my kids are loving this it definitely had a lot of quick cuts where if there was a break in the action they were they were doing something. There was some skit or something going on on the on the sideline. I thought that was great. You're definitely gonna keep kids uh, occupied the whole time. A lot of colors, a lot of just different things going on. Definitely, like you said, hit on all all the major characters. Learned about it a lot. A bunch of new characters I didn't even know from the from some of the newer movies. But I think they should do it again. I think they really got to get it get it right on the on the technical part. Maybe the kids didn't, didn't didn't care so much, but I mean, I liked you know the claw. The claw goes and sets the ball, but sometimes it set the ball and the ball just like wiggled away. <laughs> so it it was comical a lot of it to me of just how how poorly executed it was at times. 
if if you were, I mean, it's hard to essentially put yourself in the shoes of saying like, all right, if you were whatever age as a kid and you hadn't watched football or maybe you'd had and you didn't really enjoy it or you didn't find it entertaining or it was confusing, would this at least be somewhat appealing to you? Because I think this is like, I this wasn't something that was offered to us. So like, I'm, I'm envious that this is being offered now. Like I said, from all the stuff that I've heard from people that watched it with children, huge hit. Uh, it, the people that were complaining were much more people like me saying, "Hey, I want to check it out, but I'm fully aware. Of, I'm fully aware this was not for me. This was not. Hey, we're trying to get Zach to watch more football. It's like I'm already watching all of the football, but expect any sort of brand. If you get children hooked on it, then you have them for life. What? So I think for that, it, it was it was a success. Uh, I don't know if they want to do uh, a Toy Story one again or if they want to do uh, some sort of other children's programming, but I think they should definitely do it, and that will definitely be be a success. Is there a character world or, or theme that would 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 get you in a little bit? Like, what what is it going to be? Are we, are we supermodels football. out there? Football. I'm a grown man. I just like the football. I don't need the the any sort of wrinkle on football. You already got me. I'm watching every Sunday. I don't. There's nothing that's going to grab me in more than, hey, would you like to watch seven and a half hours of commercial-free football? Boom, I'm there. I just think that this is kind of you can make it whatever you want at this point. Like you, you wouldn't have any interest of like a Simpsons-like world. No, Family Guy, not. none of I, that. When I was watching it, I was watching it with uh, our friends Alex and Hannah, and they they were interested. They were curious, just like I was. Of like, all right, let's check it out. And like I said. Maybe if they improve on the execution, but even when the execution was good, it would be it, it, like the the animation just can't keep up. And and that's you know it's not the point. But you know the announcers, you can hear them talking. They're watching the real game, showing like, ooh, not sure if that hit the ground or not. And you have no frame of reference with the animation. So if this was a game I cared about, it would be driving me absolutely crazy. I was saying it was it would be a good penalty. You know, we do our penalty for March Madness, and we had a penalty made for, like, our picks, is that, yeah, you have to watch the Super Bowl, but you have to watch the, the Toy Story version where you can listen to the audio, you're almost getting the game, you're getting 70% of it, but the 30% of it that's really important, you're missing out on, and it's just driving you crazy. Almost no advertising. I mean, there were breaks for all of it, but I like that the, there were trivia breaks that were kind of more of a commercial breaks. There were skits instead of, you know, cutting to the sideline. Because you normally cut and you show, you know, guys drink a Gatorade or whatever on the sideline. And this one, you cut to the sideline and it's like Woody and Buzz running away from Bullseye or something. Like it, I thought, I, th I just yeah. thought that was, I liked that part where they were able to put the fillers in because you just need to have a lot of fillers in. I think that's what's hard about football. You already committed to all of this, but if you were to try to get a new viewer to watch football and to stay with football, they'd be like, oh my God, there's so many breaks. Like if you didn't know there was that many breaks in this. Like you kind of convinced them that there aren't any breaks with my kind of tricking them with all these side skits, but I I liked that. I thought that was way better than hearing you know the, <laughs> the whatever whatever medication for old people blah 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 a thousand times. You know, just it's 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 fine. I I, I thought it was an improvement. All right, I'm I'm all for it. I I would watch it. I think they could do this once a year with with just Toy Story every year, and that'd be fine. If they wanted to do another character, I, I'm sure it would be just successful. We're not the target market for this. The Toy Story one, I think, hits a little closer to home for me. But, you know, if this is, I don't know, what, what Disney Frozen characters, I, I don't know, a movie I haven't seen, I I, I don't know if uh, I'd, I'd be quite as intrigued by it. But I, I'm in on Toy Story. I, I love Toy Story. So I, 
I'll leave you with that, and uh, we'll have to get back to the picks. We both have Buffalo and London. I, I, I will say last thing on, uh, on, on London is I prefer a, a London game, a 9.30 Sunday morning game, more than two Monday night games. Yeah, I'll I'll somewhat agree with that, but if it's always and this good, one wasn't even this one wasn't even competitive. Yeah, that's so, my problem. Is it, it wasn't like a good this game. is an awesome one. It's just like I realize that is a concern as well as on a Monday night. That's a concern if you only have one. But I, I don't know. I just like it where it's not overlapped. It's just hey, if you want to wake up at you know nine thirty and it's you know, almost like an appetizer before the the rest of the games. And e- then even if it's not if it's not good, you know you're going to get way more football. And so it's like all right, cool. You just put it on mute, or you know you go do something else. Jaguars are a bunch of phonies. They should stay in London. They, they, they give that they give that town more wins than their own. So that's enough on them. All right, moving on. Houston Texans at the Atlanta Falcons. Boy, oh boy, did the Texans put on a bit of a show last week, stomping all over Pittsburgh. Again, I'm going to say that this team has been able to put up some points the last couple of weeks. They put up 30 this week against Pittsburgh. They put up 37 last week. They put up 20 in a loss the week before that, and they put up nine in the first week. C.J. Strauss is just improving week by week here. I thought Nico Collins had an excellent game, and they're going to be facing Atlanta here, who just kind of got smacked around by the London Jaguars, who were far from anything impressive. I thought B. John Robinson had a couple excellent carries that this just looked fearful. Like, how can we just get that guy the ball in space a little bit more often? But I'm more impressed by Houston, and that they've had a pretty steady defense, and that if C.J.'s going to continue to put up points, Atlanta can't put up points. I think they're fall into that kind of Patriots bandwagon of like, all right, are they going to get a touchdown today or not? Like that's, that's the Atlanta Falcons for me right now. And I, I like Bijan and I'm worried about Ritter. I don't think he did anything spectacular again. And I don't know what the right thing to do with him is other than just, just move on. Like, I don't know what, what's going to have to happen for them to move on to all that. I don't know if this is the week that'll do it. They get a huge wake up call getting smacked by the Houston Texans at home, but uh, I'm in on Houston. Who you got? I'm also going to go with Houston playing at Atlanta, but I didn't see anything that I like from, from Atlanta besides, like you mentioned, Bijan, he's got it. They they got a bunch of good skill position guys, but they just can't figure it out. And Ritter just, uh, he just can't, can't get the job done. And I I could, I think the game is going to be close, but I think I'm just going to have more fun rooting for rooting for Houston. So I'm going to go with Houston. Did you feel a certain way? Well, I guess you could, I could give this at so many different angles here. Well, John Smith had a a kind of a, a really good week for the Atlanta Falcons. Versus the the Pitts guy who was I don't know what the seventh overall draft pick not too long ago was supposed to be this you know next next gen revolutionary guy that they mm-hmm. never use and that it's just a bust entirely in fantasy. But I I just mentioned Again. more more of of Juju's uh, not Juju Janu being formerly on our team and never really having a game even remotely close to all this and here he has a good game and it's on a team with with Kyle Pitts on it like I how what what are they doing wrong and how is John U. Smith able to do this, but Cal Pitts can't get the ball. Like, what's what's going on? It, it doesn't make any sense, and it just is more frustrating when they ask the coach afterwards, and, coach, your offense was atrocious. You have this high first-round pick right here, and his excuse is always, ah, well, you know, this isn't about fantasy. It's like, all right, coach, you know. It's not like a one-to-one. If you're good at fantasy, you're going to win the games. But if he puts up fantasy points, they also count for your team in real life. If he scores a touchdown and gets six points for the fantasy team, it's six points for your team too. 
So I I have no idea. Maybe just maybe Ritter's the problem, and they're just able to key on these on these high draft picks. But you know, you got Drake London out there as well. He was a high draft pick. But yeah, I just I'm moving on from from the Falcons this week. I I, I don't I don't know what to tell you if you're Atlanta either. It feels like all right, you uh, that was a good move. All right, but it, it feels like actually none of them were good moves because you have. You have arguably a high draft pick and a receiver in London, a high draft pick in Pitts, and you have a high draft pick in Bijan, all of which nobody else like agrees with drafting that high. And you're the team that's doing it, and you're the team that's like, no, we're not going to run an offense using any of these high draft picks. Which is like, why would you take them? Just take anyone else. Take somebody you're going to use. Take anybody on defense. Take a tackle. Take take something else if you're not going to use these guys because this just seems like wasted talent on a team right now. And they're two and two in Atlanta, and I got a feeling that, that those two wins they got are going to be the only two for quite some time right now because it just doesn't look good i don't understand what the fix about it and it's bad it's bad all right moving on to a team that's the only thing i wrote underneath was just ouch it's the carolina panthers at the detroit lions i i I mean what could you say about carolina i i don't know they lose last week to minnesota who tries to lose every single week and is not been very successful this year i think detroit the only thing that frustrates me is that i guessed correctly on them putting up a lot of points on Green Bay past th- this past Thursday. It's just none of the guys I played got any of the points. It all went to David Montgomery, who wasn't even supposed to play. This is far more of a personal note of a rant here, but I'll take Detroit at home because I can't pick Carolina. And I-, I hope David Montgomery, you know, just takes it easy a little bit on the rest of my fantasy guys this week. Who you got? I am also going to go with the Lions. Uh, you do have uh, Bryce Young back, so still trying to figure out you know, coming off the injury what what exactly he has to, to to give to the team. One thing to keep in mind: they are winless. But when I mentioned that the Bears have the first and second round picks in the draft, it's because the second round pick is the Carolina Panthers. So that's pretty rough if you're the Carolina Panthers that you can't win and you're not going to be getting that pick anyway. So they're not going to just pack it in. There's no tanking that's going to happen here. So they're going to at least keep trying. But, yeah, just give, give me the Lions and let's get out of here. I thought they looked all right with Andy Dalton. I mean, you you said he, he had a game last week. You pointed that out. And the problem is, is that that doesn't help you going forward. You have to make the young thing work because you're committed to that and it's just it's gonna get it's gonna get worse. It wasn't like he won better. the game. He just put up like there there were some stats that were there. Yeah, yeah, they're not gonna. I mean, when is their win gonna come? Who are they gonna beat? Well, I don't know. I don't want to go that far out of the schedule. Well, th- but... I think well, actually, they're in the same uh, they're in the same division as the Falcons, so that maybe there. Yeah, hopefully, maybe. All right, we're both taking Detroit. Moving on, Tennessee Titans at the Annapolis Colts. This, this Tennessee is this every other week team that's like, oh, yeah, no, they, they looked really good. You know, Tannehill and they had the offense and Henry. And and then, and then like the next week, it's like, yeah, where did where, they all go? What happened? Did they play? It's like, no, no they were there. It just didn't didn't work today. It's like I, I'm, I'm on the wrong end of all of this and I'm, I'm terrified to, to, to try and correct all of this. So I'm just going to go against them. I said I was out last week, so now I'm, I'm out entirely, even. Even after a dominant week that they won last week, they whoop on Cincinnati. I'm taking Indianapolis. I think Anthony Richardson could just – it's just frisky. I think he could just stay alive and keep this team in, in the game. And I, I'm just predicting an off day for Tennessee again because it's uh, it was an odd week. I don't know. Odd weeks are bad. Even weeks they win. Is that is that what we're doing in Tennessee? I, I can't explain it to you. I don't know 
how you bet on that team when it's every other week with them. I'll take Indianapolis at home. Who you got? I'm also going to go with the Colts. I like what Anthony Richardson's doing. They are uh, also are expecting Jonathan Taylor to be back. He's going to be practicing on Wednesday. He can come off the PUP list if everything's all right. And remember, that was all kind of weird to start. So I don't know exactly what's going to happen there. But if he comes back, I don't think that's going to hurt the situation. As well as the Titans are hot and cold. Uh, it seemed like they discovered that Derrick Henry is still really good. And so maybe they'll use him more, even as a as a quarterback. I was blown away by blown away by the stats, saying he was something like six for seven, uh, passing the ball with four touchdowns or something like that. And the announcers say this, they call timeout, and then they run a play where direct snap to him, and he throws a little jump pass. It was very athletic. It was almost like a like a Derek Jeter shortstop. Like running the other way, it, it was it was very impressive, very very athletic. Uh, I I think you mentioned saying it was like at the two yard line. Why don't you just hand him the ball and just have him run it in? I well, you know, if he's gonna have those statistics of, of throwing it, and I look at the statistics of Tannehill in the red zone, especially at the two yard line, you know, there's no real threat of him being able to run it in as well. Versus with, with Hill, with the Henry, you have to you have to be aware that he may just rush and throw the ball not throw the ball at all. He might just continue going in. I, I, I thought it was a good play. I think it's a play they should run more often and, and until he throws an interception, I think you run that as much as possible because that offense isn't much of an offense without him. And without him doing nope. something like that, like they needed that. They desperately needed that. I thought that was a huge win for them last week. And I, I don't know where you are with Cincinnati. We'll we'll get to that eventually. But I I, I think Indy's frisky. I think the defense is good. I think there's a good case, like you said, with Taylor coming back that this could be arguably like the two best rushing combo with Richardson and Taylor, like in the league. Like is, is that? I think that's within that's potential, right? Like that's I'm not crazy for saying that. Taylor was a pretty solid guy, definitely a high fantasy draft pick early the past couple of years, and this team doesn't have anything else for offense, so he's going to run a lot, and she, and he's going to run a lot, and I think the combination of the two is going to be trouble for Tennessee. All right, moving on. New York Giants are going to play Seattle tonight, so not a whole lot to talk about their past week right now. But going forward, they will be at Miami next week. Miami losing to Buffalo, forty-eight to twenty. Yeah, you know, they didn't have a terrible week. You know, the what the one thing I will say is the the Achan guy, who's managed to be fortunately on your fantasy team, is the real deal. This was a game in which Hill and Waddle did play, and yet they were just just they they couldn't compete with Buffalo. Like I don't know how else to say it. Like they were. They were beat at their they own game. The firepower. They were beat at their own game, and even with all that being said, I don't see how the Giants are going to beat Miami at their own game. I think this is even if Barkley does come back, which is a possibility. I think ongoing here, but I I'll take Tua in Miami at home. They'll get right on track. I just can't see a scenario where the Giants score nearly enough points to even be in this game. I'll take Miami at home. Who you got? Give me give me Miami. That is my lock of the week. Lock it in. All right. Next game, New Orleans Saints at the New England Patriots. <laughs> Patriots coming off a 38-3 to loss to the Dallas Cowboys. The New Orleans Saints coming off a 9-26 to loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I, I, You know, at least the Patriots could say they lost to a decent team. As much as I like what kind of Baker's doing over here, Carr and this whole team basically had zero, zero touchdowns. It's... Camaro's back. I, I what's the good news that I could say that Did this, you see did you see his receiving stats? I saw he had a lot of catches, right? What do you have? 
I believe it was 13 catches for 22 yards. That sets some sort of record for most amount of catches with least amount of yards. Well, did you have another idea? Like who who else do you want to throw to? This 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 offense is a mess. I'm going to be very disappointed if the Patriots aren't able to at least defensively stop this. But, you know, our defense is super injured right now. And I don't know whether to ask, like, is it over or can we score a touchdown ever? Like, do we have any offensive threat? This was the game where they bench back. They put in Zappy again. This is just round two of what happened the last year. And he wasn't any better. I, I swear Zappy came in and threw a touchdown. I would be, like, just ready to... With open arms, give him a hug. Just say, if you just give me a touchdown, it'd be fine. But to see more or less the same exact thing with him, I don't see a way out of fixing all of this. There's going to just be these points in time where we just don't have an offense in New England. And hopefully this week we're able to do it. I, I mean, I, I can't pick New Orleans. I, I, ha I have to think New England's defense, even with the injuries, is going to be able to outsmart New Orleans. I will take the New England Patriots at home. I don't feel good about it. Who do you want to see start? Do you want to see Zappy or do you want to see Mac? I said earlier in the year, I'm ready for Zappy time. I've seen enough of Mac. That being said, the best I've seen Mac play might have been two, three weeks ago. And and now I don't know how I feel again. I feel like I've seen the same tape again where it's the same guy doing the same mistakes over and over again and just not being good enough to get over the hump and to score an actual touchdown. Maybe I'm being too critical. What do you think? I, I got the Patriots. Who you got? I'm also going with the Patriots, but the, the season is over. Season's over. M Mac was atrocious. He's had some, some flashes earlier on, but those flashes are absolutely gone. I agree with you. I, I think last year when Zappy came in and then he started slinging it around, it, ooh, okay, here, here we go. But he wasn't any different. And every, every game, we go down immediately, and I was, we're just not a team that can play from behind. Like we just don't have that sort of offensive firepower, and so I think it forces us to try to get too aggressive. Uh, I think just the one good thing this week is we're not playing the Cowboys, who are a pretty good team, uh, and not playing that defense, and we're playing the Saints, who are also just not a very good team. And we can go against Derek Carr, and just being at home might be able to might be able to pull 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 a win out here. But I think going forward, I I, I did not feel good. I said at the beginning of the year, like the you know the best way this could happen is, you know, we got the new offensive coordinator and working with Mac, and they're going to be working in the same system he had at Alabama. He's going to feel more comfortable. He's going to be ready to go. And nope, nope, that is not the case. Uh, I, I do have some good news for you, though. Well, what's that? Because I, I was just going to share more bad news, and, and that's Mac kind of looked good against an average defense, but when we see an actual championship contending defense, it's, it's, it's not like Dallas just – Dallas just toyed with him that entire game, and I'm sure there was some bad play calling. I'm sure if some of his receivers got better separation and all that, but there's just holding out of the ball too long and, and just not making the right decisions for the timing that we needed. It feels like our team needs to be down 20 before we think, like, hey, maybe we should start being aggressive and trying to score a touchdown rather than coming out and be like, hey, let's just try to score a touchdown. It's 0-0. Like, maybe we could be up 7 nothing for once. Like, remember when we used to do that? That, that was cool. Like, we don't even – I just feel like we're reacting to reacting too much that it's it, it's like we're just waiting to counter when we don't even have a punch of our own. What's the good news, though? I, I, well, the good news is that once this game is over, about an hour or two later, Celtics' first preseason game against the Sixers. Yeah, that's not going to make me feel that much better. I, 
I still think that this – I'm more hurt that the defense is injured now where I, I really thought our defense would be impressive this year. I thought it would be deserving of a mediocre offense and enough to win a whole bunch of games. And I think that they have been pretty solid right now. But if Judon's out, and I, I think there's a couple other injuries of guys that were banged up. Our first, our first round pick, yeah, they're both, they're both looking to get second opinions. And so – that is never great news. So they're they're going to be out for a while. That's that's why you know it's not just the the quarterback play. It's now for losing some of our, our better defensive players. I know it's you know next man up, but the starters are a starter for a reason. When you go to the next level, they're at the next level for a reason. A couple other things with the injuries. What are you rushing back for? I'm, I'm supposed to come back, you know, at fifty percent to play with what this team that can't even get a touchdown. Like, I think that's one less motivating thing. And if you're a football guy where, you know, injuries ruin your careers, ruin your wallet, there's a whole bunch of risk for all that. I, I think the only thing we could hope for is that and this happens for the Patriots is, well, let's see what the next guy up is and see what we got here. And sometimes, at least in the past, historically, we've been able to develop talent. I don't I think that's our biggest problem with Mac is that I don't think like do you think Mac's really improved a whole lot? Like, I, I think that's the best he's played on a couple drives this year. But to see the same mistakes and the same flaws happen just this past week it's like all right well which one's the real one is it is it this guy that i've seen a lot of or is the the fluke i saw where it looked like it was working for a drive not even a game just a couple drives there's not enough consistency there at all you you need consistency in sports and we're not even close to it well i guess no we have consistency we have it's it's terrible yeah it's terrible we're not we're not playing well I, i there's you know the game you know, maybe just bury the tape and you just, you know, it only counts for one loss, but there wasn't one faction or one area that there was a bright spot that said, Oh yeah, you know, that, that part was all right. It's just so fast. So fast. You know, I guess maybe that we didn't give up a touchdown on the first drive. We held him to a field goal. There was a goal line stand like, Oh, all right, here, here we go. But then we only scored three points the entire game. So maybe we could have tied them if we played perfect defense the rest of the time. Oh, it was, it was rough. It was rough. I, uh, I'm i glad this week that we're mixed in with the 1 o'clock games and not uh, at the 4 in prime time when everybody can watch us. All right, next game, Baltimore Ravens at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Baltimore won last week 28-3 to against the Cleveland Browns. Lamar Jackson was 15-19, 186 for two touchdowns thrown to Mark Andrews. Looking a little bit like what we were expecting here. I thought Cleveland not having Watson for whatever reason – just threw that team out entirely. They just I feel like that Cleveland team just checked into a bye. They're on bye this week. They just it took two weeks off for a bye here. I don't know if Watson was iffy and that they thought he'd be healthier with just some rest after all this, but I didn't think him being Watson, out Watson doesn't play defense though. I, That's the weird part. That is the strangest part of it all. And it feared me enough to bench Lamar Jackson and not start him in fantasy because I thought this Cleveland defense was the real deal last week. I, it's a head scratching a little bit because Baltimore's offense, I don't think, has been threatening at all. If anything, it's like, hey, just slow down Lamar and guard Mark Andrews, and there's really not a whole lot else here. There's running back seven string whatever name coming in next, and, that, and that's it. They're, the Baltimore Ravens will be at the Pittsburgh Steelers, who had probably even a worse week than the Cleveland Browns, where they got whooped by Houston. Kenny Pickett was not good. Najee Harris was not good. They also forgot to play defense altogether. They give 30 points to the Houston Texans to a rookie quarterback whose best receiver is, what, Nico Collins, a guy that I'm not even sure most teams would make an effort to trade for. Like I, 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 I'm so wrong on Pittsburgh. I think that's my most disappointing like team that was kind of in on this year that hasn't put it together and doesn't look like they're going to be able to put it together. This team is better off with Trubinsky. 
and I hope he gets his shot because I don't think Pickett's got it, but it's not going to be good enough to defend Baltimore on the road, so I'll, I'll take Baltimore and Lamar. I, I think it's a no-brainer. Who you got? Yeah, I like I like the way Lamar looks. Uh, Kenny Pickett is questionable. Sounds like it shouldn't be a, a long injury, but not sure if they want to rush him back. I believe they have a bye next week, so it might just be a precautionary, let him have the full two weeks but I don't think it matters which quarterback you throw out there. Lamar looked pretty good. Yeah, I, I, if Pittsburgh could get a quarterback, I, I think there's still hope there. But when I look at Warren not really being ready to be the, the running back and Najee still getting a lot, but really not just – there's no breakthrough. There's no burst. It, it's, it's like Stevenson right now where he's just running into tackles, and I know there's no space and kind of a predictable offense, but you, you got you to gotta give a burst or something. Somebody's got to give him something, and they don't really have that right now. So I – I, I I hope they get better. Uh, moving on, 4-0 Philadelphia Eagles at the Los Angeles Rams. Both getting victories last week in overtime. Philly beating Washington 34-31 in overtime. Really kind of a close game. Washington, Washington showed up. We mentioned that a little bit earlier, but it wasn't until the A.J. Brown show kicked off that this was his game for the taking, and he took it all. Ends up with 175 yards, nine receptions, and two touchdowns. And a huge run in there at the end. Just a crazy touchdown. Huge momentum changer. You know, the Rams, Kyron Williams, 25 yards, 103, two touchdowns. Not bad. Not, I mean, that's that's what I wrote underneath the Rams. Just, just not bad, right? They beat Indianapolis. This is a winnable game against a winnable team. I'm picking the, the Rams at home. I think the Eagles have been really sloppy Ooh. this year. I think they've been really sloppy this year. They easily could have lost, I think, any of the four games they've been in. And I think at some point, somebody's going to catch them on a trap game just like this. I, I think this is it. I think this is the Rams catching them a little off guard. The defense, I don't know if Philly has a good defense. I'll be honest. I don't think that they have. They, they, they got torched by Washington. There's been a lot of close games. I mean, even the Patriots were kind of in the game over there. And I am i know that was a couple weeks ago. feels like last year, but... I don't know if Philly is as dominant as we want them to be. I think that they are good enough to win games that they're supposed to win, but maybe not good enough to win every game. And this is just going to be one of those trap games. I seen We saw with Dallas and Arizona. I think this is another one. I'm sniffing it out. I smelled it out. I'll take the Rams at home. Who you got? I'm going to stick with the with the Eagles, but I think going into the year, I thought the Rams were going to be a bad team. I think they're just more more of an average team. The Having uh, Cooper Cup be out, it just seemed like, uh, well, he's going to be out for a while. They're not going to rush him back. But Nakua, I don't think, plays the same necessarily style, like the same exact uh, way that Cooper Cup does. But, man, that kid's good. Fifth-round pick and setting records for all-time in the first four games of a career and yards and catches. Just really, really impressive. Has, has the game-winning catch. Even just that alone as a rookie. You know, that's, uh, you know, in overtime, you know, that's pretty cool. So, yeah, I think they're just, you know, not – I don't think they're going to, you know, be marching to a Super Bowl, but I just think that they, they won't be able to, you know, beat the Eagles even at home. But there's going to be a bunch of other teams that they're just going to be confident and they're just going to beat them going, going down the stretch here. I think you should be most encouraged by the McVay offense still being effective. And I'm not trying to take away anything from Puka, but it's it's – it's the play calling that they're like, hey, we have Puka. We'll put him in these situations, whether they're similar to Cup or not, or how that's going to work in the long run. It doesn't matter. It's the offense that McVay is running. Plug in him. He's open here, and they're finding him, and it's working. So, I don't know. Good for them. I got a good feeling about them next week. I just think that McVay is going to find a way to put up some points against Philly. And if Philly doesn't – if A.J. Brown doesn't tear off for that huge touchdown, man, they probably lose this past week to, to, to Washington, who – Depending on how you feel about the Rams and Washington, I, I think the Rams are a little bit steadier than Washington. 
So I, I I'll take them at home. Next next game, Cincinnati Bengals at the Arizona Cardinals. Cincinnati, this is just a year from hell, man. They got no touchdowns and no defense, man. This is just twenty-seven to three to the Tennessee Titans loss this past week. They're taking on the one and three Arizona Cardinals, who also lost. They took on the much much tougher San Francisco 49ers. I, I'll take Dobbs. I'll take Connors. I'll take Marquise Brown. I'm locking this one in. I have nothing to say that Cincinnati can do. I would rather have Dobbs over Burrow at this moment. He's not healthy. I don't care what anyone says. I've seen him being really good at football. He hasn't been good at football. Can we all just say he's injured, he's not able to play, and that we can stop saying we're losing games because of X, Y, and Z when we know just let him get healthy and we'll be better. I don't know why we're trying to truck through this entire season in such a win-now mode when what's the best-case scenario? Is by week 16 that he's, what, limping on every leg? Like, I, what, what are we trying to do to him here? he's not healthy. This team's much better. There's no way Cincinnati's just complete garbage. Let him get healthy. Arizona's going to win this week. The season is over for Cincinnati. You crossed off New England Patriots. I'm crossing off Cincinnati. It's, I'm sorry. The injuries happened. All right. Brady was out for a whole year with the ACL thing. I'm not saying this is the same thing, but it might be that thing that the season just shortens on you. It just, it just happens. Injuries happen to everyone. I'm not shocked that it didn't happen to them, but I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, to, how could you sell me on Cincinnati right now? Like, because I just think you're crazy for thinking that this team's going to even win this week. Who you got? I'm also going with Arizona. Not as confident to uh, to, to lock it in. I, and I already used it, but Cincinnati's going to have to show it to me. Uh, warned everybody about Joe Burrow before the before the season started. Coming off of that injury, not much in the in the preseason, and it's just it's it's not there right now. And he's not able to get it downfield deep to Jamar Chase. And it just Joe Mixon is not doing much either. So I, I like what Arizona's doing. I mean, the expectations are just totally different. So I could get burned on this. But I just like, you know, Arizona just, you know, it just seems like they're, they're, they're playing harder. They've already upset a team. Where Cincinnati just seems like they're just trying to hold on for dear life. And he just, Joe Burrow, he's just, he's just not getting it done. I think it's just, just an injury. I think he'll be able to, you know, recover. And I'm sure there's got to be some, some mental stuff going on where, you know, he's hurt. He just signed that massive contract right before the season started. So he really wants to perform. He really wants to live up to it. And he's just not able to. So he's probably pressing e even more so. Lock it in. I'll take the Cardinals. I I'm sorry, Joe. I'm, I'm a huge fan. Too. Like, I don't want to take anything away. He's just hurt. He's just hurt. Like, I, I feel like everyone's going to torch this team for being garbage this year, and we're going to be like, well, he played every game. He's like, well, did you watch him, though? Like, did you see? Like, yeah, he, well, he's, he was out there, but. Yeah, so I, I, I don't know. I, I, I hate that the media is just running away with it all, being like, oh, the almighty Cincinnati Bengals, you know, just, just couldn't figure it out this year. Uh, you know, is Burrow the real Like, I don't want to hear that at all. Like, this guy has won way more important games than anyone else in the league, and, and he's been good. I hope he's fine. He's just not healthy. It's fine. Next game, New York Jets at the Denver Broncos. The Jets have life. I saw it. I saw it. Did you see it? They're alive. Like I, I saw I saw some success. It was it almost happened. They the guy was the quarterback here was able to outduel Patrick Mahomes. It wasn't enough for a victory, but on paper he had That means he didn't outduel Patrick Mahomes. Oh, he had a better game on paper. And the defense oh, Well, good good thing you played on a field and not on paper. Well, you know, it's the defense is excellent. I think this Jets defense is really good. I talked about how the Patriots defense, I was hoping to be kind of similar to this. And, and I, th I just thought the defense was good. I don't have anything else to say other than that. There's no way I could pick Denver. No way. Stop it is what I wrote underneath. <laughs> the 
Denver note. It was just no way. Stop it. They won last week. They shouldn't have even won. That was an elaborate tanking job by the Chicago Bears. I'll take the Jets on the road. I just think their defense is, is too good to screw this up. And, you know, I hope Brees Hall, week by week, gets more and more touches and we get to see more and more big plays. Because offensively, when they're struggling so much, I just think he bails you out of a whole lot here. They have to use these running backs. And I would just start forcing the ball to, to Garrett Wilson every single time as well. Like, that's our offense sucks anyways if you're the New York Jets. Let's just at least try to be aggressive and, and, and make something happen here. I, I, I don't like that he's being a ball control guy in certain moments and they just three and out way too easily. But I'll take the Jets on the road. No way you're going Denver, right? T t just tell me you're not going Denver. Oh, I am definitely going Broncos at home. I, there was a whole love fest for Zach Wilson going on. So, yeah, just like a little bit of uh, a good play. I think that the Chiefs went in there, went up 17 nothing, and said, yep, this is over. Thought they were just going to cruise to a victory. Zach Wilson made some some nice plays. Like you said, the Jets defense is good, was able to, to, to hold uh, Mahomes from really doing it. And I think just like the Chiefs offense, you know, they score that quickly. They just get bored. So, like, rather than just, hey, Pacheco is getting, you know, just a crazy uh, – yards per carry but just like ah, eh, this is kind of boring what if we just like sling it downfield like let's just do the fun thing let's just do that and it turned into you know the game got a little closer and zach wilson just you know fumbled it fumbled it away at the end just kind of jets doing doing thing the jets normally do but i not like i like the broncos at all i just think these are two bad teams just like last week it was the <laughs> broncos and the bears were both bad teams and broncos are, are at home and I, I think what we saw from zach was the exception uh not not the rule yesterday I, I think you're wrong. I think I would start Zach Wilson in fantasy this week. I, I, I'll, I'll say that. Like, I think that's how bad Denver's defense is. That if there was ever a window, like, this is the highlight tape, all right? You mail this one in next year when you're trying to get some money, Zach. This is this is the one game, all right? This is, you, you show him the, the Chiefs last week and for like a quarter, and you show him this entire game where he's just going to look like, a, like an actual quarterback, a true professional. Denver Broncos, the, the immune system booster that you need right now. This, this is the shot that energizes Zach Wilson to thinking that he's actually good. So this is, this is what they need. And I'm not saying it's going to turn the season around, but Denver, I, I don't think Denver even knew the season could turn around until they won last week. So I, I, I good, good for them for finally getting a win, but it wasn't an impressive win and they're not going to get another one this week. Moving on Kansas city chiefs at the Minnesota Vikings, Kansas city getting the W against the jets. Like I said, last night, Mahomes, not spectacular, but good enough to win. I don't think he needs to truly be spectacular to beat the Minnesota Vikings. I, I just wrote it's not Carolina underneath the Minnesota Vikings because they got their first win last week against the Carolina Panthers, 21-13. to I'll take the Chiefs on the road. They're a much better team. They're a much better defense. I, Minnesota, it's like I don't know what they're supposed to be doing at this point. I know they won last week. You're supposed to beat Carolina, but you're 1-3, and, and you're just in a weird spot. I'll take the Chiefs on the road. Who you got? Yep, give me the Chiefs. Justin Jefferson will have a bunch of points, but it's going to be the Chiefs winning. Next game, Dallas Cowboys at the San Francisco 49ers. This is an actual ball game here. Look, look at this. we got two teams that are actually good with two quarterbacks. and two, Prime time. Two qualifying offenses with some competitive defenses. This is, this is great. Dallas Cowboys victorious against the Patriots, looking pretty dominant. I, I think what I wrote underneath is they're not playing the Patriots this week. And how injured is Parsons? Because... You know, it seemed like he was healthy enough to defeat us, but, you know, a little shakiness here. You know, Christian McCaffrey's coming into town. He had a freaking game this past week. 20 carries, 106 yards, three touchdowns. It was almost as good as Brock Purdy's day where he goes 20 for 21. 
20 of 21 throws. Like he gets only one of them. He goes wrong. 283 for one touchdown. Ayuk had a great game, 148 yards, six receptions. This team is loaded. I'm going to take the Niners at home. I hope that we get an actual game because I'm not sure there's going to be many close games this whole week here. And I, I just want to see if I just want to see two teams play good football. And I think we got a good chance to see that. I'm taking the Niners at home. Who you got? I'm also going with the Niners at home. I think this should be an excellent game. It's not always that we get an actual premier matchup on Sunday nights, but I think this is going to be one of them. So it's going to be cool where it's not just a, all right, well, all the good football is done, but I guess there's one game left. It's like, but when, when they're singing waiting all day for Sunday night, maybe this was actually the case, case where you were waiting all day for Sunday night. All right, last game, Monday night, Green Bay Packers at the Las Vegas Raiders. Green Bay, yeah, that score against Detroit isn't isn't really what the score was. Love, Jordan Love kind of came together a little bit for some glimpses and some moments, but they're so hot and cold. I think this offense is improving. I think this offense can improve. Unlike the Las Vegas Raiders this past week, of which Aiden O'Connell got the call after, uh, I just I, I I feel bad for the guy. I just he had like six fumbles. They had a hell of a comeback. They had some effort. If he didn't make nearly as many mistakes, they might have had a chance at winning the game. I'm not sure it'll be O'Connell again this upcoming week, uh, with with Garoppolo likely being back. But uh, I I I like I guess I just have more hope that the Packers are improving throughout this year a lot faster than the Raiders are I, I thought Josh Jacobs might be heating up and that they were a little scrappy this past week but I'm taking Green Bay on the road I just think Green Bay is kind of due for a win and this is a good win for them I, I think I think Jordan Love has been as hot as cold as he's been when it when he's hot it's it's pretty good and if we could just get a little bit more of that a little bit more of the on switch to the whole game that I think they got an actual chance at winning this game so I will take Green Bay on the road who you got I'm also going to go Green Bay on the road. I think that Jordan Love is better than uh, Aiden O'Connell, uh, possibly better than uh, a hurt Jimmy G right now. They are just really force-feeding Josh Jacobs right now, and so that might work for a little while, but it, it might just be too much. Uh, I think it, it's, it's going to be a lot of volume. So if, if he plays like he did last week, you know, some something could happen, but I just I don't think that he's going to be able to you know, be – able to make those repeat performances too many times. So, yeah, give me give me the Packers. All right, and those are our picks for the week. Make sure you fill yours out. Uh, if you want a little extra challenge, fill them out before you listen to us. And don't make any adjustments. You know, like I kind of wish I'd counted on some adjustments with this whole Deshaun Watson injury the last second. That was not only fun fantasy-wise, it was even less fun picking teams-wise. Uh, we're not doing so great, and uh, I hope we do better this week. I want to thank everyone for joining and uh, playing along in the group, and make sure you Follow and subscribe on all of our Spotify's, YouTube, Facebook page, Little Column A, Little Column B, and follow Zach on his X account, which is Wicked Z Man Twenty Four. All right, Zach. Every week you tell us some fantasy heroes and losers. Who do we got this week? Let's start with the heroes. For the fantasy heroes this week, for the quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen. For the wide receivers, he was on the receiving end. Stephon Diggs from Josh Allen. DJ Moore, Puka Nakua, AJ Brown, and Nico Collins. For running backs, we had Josh Jacobs, Isaiah Pacheco, Khalil Herbert, big time Christian McCaffrey, Devon Achan, who he might just be a league winner right there. For tight ends, we had Mark Andrews, man, he went up, made some good catches. Uh, for the defense, the Cowboys, 
funny little wrinkle here. Two weeks ago, they were a fantasy hero. Uh, last week, fantasy zero. This week, back to a fantasy hero. So ooh, be careful what you're dealing with there. And uh, no no fantasy heroes for kickers. Well, that's uh, that's our weekly fantasy heroes and losers. I wish it was brought to you by blah, 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 because it really feels like that kind of a segment. Do you want to sponsor? I'll get you a sponsor. <laughs> Do you want me to go through the fantasy zeros now? Yeah, let's hear the losers. Fantasy zeros. QB, Joe Burrow. Oof. Just not there. He might he might even fall off the fantasy zeros because his projections are going to go down, or I might just nominate him as like, hey, he's not, no one's starting him anymore. Like, you're not a zero if you're not a starter. Uh, for wide receivers, Michael Pittman, Tyreek Hill, Chris Olave. That Chris Olave, that was a rough one. He had a, a drop for an absolute bomb that would have been a touchdown. For running backs, uh, Aaron Jones, and then for defenses, the Dolphins and the Steelers both would have gotten you negative points. That would not have been fun. I was on the Steelers end thinking, hey, they're playing rookie C.J. Stroud here, and you know they generally get a couple sacks on the, you know T.J. Watt or somebody on Pittsburgh. I feel like always is a little aggressive to at least get me a couple of sacks, and they just just didn't do it. Just didn't do it. I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. I I, I misjudged uh, Houston's offense entirely. That was. I, I don't I don't openly admit so many poor decisions. That was a bad one. And that, that was one where it's like, it's either this or no defense. And I might have been better off. Obviously, I would have been better off with no defense. So. You would have been better off with no defense, yep. That's a, a, a tough tough one to be in. Um, I'm going to play the outro music right now. Actually, what, what did you want to close with? I think that was it. Was that it? Did we do it all? I feel like we've been on for like three days right now. It was a full, full week. There was a lot happening. Oh, all right. Let's see how it goes this upcoming week here. I I just want the Patriots to be better. Is that possible? Can, can we make that happen? I would like it. I would like it to happen, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's just going to be a you, you turn it on for when it's on on Sunday, and then you just immediately just turn and go, wow, boy, did Drew Holiday look good last night. That was a great trade. <laughs> is that is that all we're hoping for? We're just hoping for Drew yeah. Holiday. I did not I did not love all the uh, the jokes at the Patriots' expense, talking about it for if Brad Stevens could get us a Drew Holiday equivalent for football, uh, it, was, it was rough to be in that mix there. I, I'm excited for the Celtics. I'm disappointed that the Patriots season is more than the You know, who knows? You know, we at least didn't give up a whole lot for Aaron Rodgers and then end up with them. Not Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> that's, that, that's somewhat of a break. Let the music play out. I want to thank everyone for listening. We'll be back next week with our picks. Hang out. Go back. column A, little column B.